if you can justify it to yourself in your head that you think that makes sense and that might work and I can see see why that's the go, you can sort of stand behind what you might want to do mm. and, and and be confident that, you know, even if even if you don't get the exact results that you might be expecting that um, you are going in the right direction. That was Nick Mace and you're listening to The Regenerative Journey. Here at The Regenerative Journey, we know that good health is related to good food and good practices, but understand that sometimes the right food choices are quite hard to put into place. But our good buddy, Cindy O'Meara at the Nutrition Academy is helping people break old habits to create a much healthier lifestyle. So in support of what she's doing, we're offering a $100 discount to all our listeners. Simply enroll in their functional nutrition course and enter the coupon CHARLIE100, that's CHARLIE100, the Nutrition Academy, say goodbye to old food habits and hello to a much healthier, happier life. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and internationally and their continuing connection to country, culture, community, land, sea and sky. And we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. G'day, I'm your host Charlie Arnott, an 8th generational Australian regenerative farmer. And in this podcast series, I'll be diving deep and exploring my guests' unique perspectives on the world so you can apply their experience and knowledge to cultivate your own transition to a more regenerative way of life. Welcome to The Regenerative Journey with your host, Charlie Arnott. plug for our workshops coming up in December. Uh, the first one is at, at the farm at Byron Bay in the northern uh, rivers of New South Wales on the 2nd and 3rd of December. And then our next one is the next week, 7th and 8th of December at, the, at Hannah Minow here at Burrawa in the south of slopes of New South Wales. It's our two-day introduction to biodynamics course. Uh, theory in the morning, crack in the afternoon. It's two days. Jump on charliearnett.com.au, the events page there, to book your tickets. Sneak these workshops in before the end of the year, before the festive season, and uh, hope to see you there. G'day. This week's episode is with Nick Mace, regenerative farmer at Walgett in New South Wales, in far western New South Wales. Uh, we had a lovely chat sitting in the veranda of uh, Wilga Park here, talking about where he, where he grew up, uh, by the way, where um, many transformations um, internally inside the house from a family point of view, but also practice and mentally have taken place. Um, you can probably hear the coffee machine in the background, the kids talking away there. It's been such a wonderful um, couple of hours I've had with Nick and the family. And um, look, I just, uh, you know, being a transitioning regenerative farmer, I think this is so much gold in the interview and I really uh, hope you enjoy listening to this version, this episode with Nick Mace of The Regenerative Journey as much as I did. Okay, Nick Mace, welcome to The Regenerative Journey and welcome to your, um, your well not just your home, your, we're on your, is this your veranda, your patio, your deck, what do you call it? Yeah, this is... Um probably the prime spot of the house to get a good look out what the day is going to bring and um yeah see what we're in store for well, we saw the sun come up this morning um it was magnificent we're looking over some bit of your garden the the nearly the olympic size um trampoline which i was a bit tempted to jump on this morning but <laughs> that would have ended in tears and your pool do you use the pool yep i uh 
last winter I did a lot of Wim Hofing in there, but uh, <laughs> I think I might have spooked myself for this. You know? Oh, Wim, Wim's going to be available um, on in season five. I'm going to. You know, <laughs> if anyone doesn't know about Wim Hof, um, Google him. He's a machine, the Ice Man. He's fantastic. And we've got birds. The, that bird, that Willie, no, it's not the Willie Wagtail. What is that one? It's beautiful. He's a ripper. Yeah. Anyway, he's he's trying to get in. Cleaning up a few spiders for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we. That's what we love, yeah. Nick. Um, mate, welcome to the show. I've um, we have had a, a previous attempt to, um, to to catch up, which we had to cancel for a number of reasons. And um, l- lovely to be here with you at Wilga Park, um, just sort of, I guess, your south southwest of Walgett. Tell me what's what's sort of what's what's special about here. What about what we're looking at being sitting here in the house you grew up in? Yeah. Well, it's. Yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world out here. It's, you know, it's we've been here my whole life and growing up in in the area and a lot of good memories. It's, um, yeah, like where Wilga Park is, it's on a on a in 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 amongst the sort of black soil plains, but we're nestled we're nestled uh, on a little red ridge here, and you get the best of both worlds with that. You get we've got black black country either side and a bit of a red ridge where the house is and get a bit of a mix of country we had a <clears throat> excuse me i'll try and not clear my throat all the way through um we had a lovely little trip around this morning you've got some cropping on the eastern side of the road um more grazing there he is whatever what did you just say then nick <laughs> you he's not going away um uh, grazing sort of more on the western side. Um, it was lovely to look look around. Yeah, well, we're, yeah, we're seeing it at at its best too at the moment. We've had a really nice season, just raining when on cue at the moment. And you've had you had a couple of tough years before that, like most of Eastern Australia or most of Australia. Yeah, it's been a been a dry few years. Um, yeah, on and off for, for for a while prior to the last two years. And where it is looking magnificent, I haven't been actually <clears throat> worth a note. Back in 1998, I think it was 1998, um, when I'd only just sort of probably been home at Hanamino for a year, we had a um, pretty extended dry period and we just did cattle at, um, at Walgett, at a fellow called Paul Wilson. <clears throat> it was just sort of south west, southeast, I'm sorry, of, of Walgett. And it was beside some country that your father Rod was. I can't remember whether he leased it or he. Anyway, I remember your father very well. He met us in the yards when we offloaded them, and then they went sort of just north into Paul's place. Yeah, yeah, it's a small world, isn't it, Charlie? Crazy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I can't remember whether I met you there or not. Whether you little. Rat, I might rat have been around. running around there somewhere. I'd say. <laughs> um, you didn't get in the way or get get um, get run over by the cattle or the cows, so that was probably a, probably a good thing. So we had them there uh, just quickly. We had them there at um, beautiful six hundred acre paddock, mustered up to your eyeballs. Um, plenty of tucker there, but didn't was totally unaware of the possibility of, of flooding. And then we got a call probably about a month or two in, and, it's, and from probably Paul saying, hey, uh, <clears throat> with, "You know, there's flood waters coming." You know, we've got to do something. Like, what, what do you do? Anyway, 600-acre paddock turned into a 60-acre paddock and we were dropping um, hay in via helicopter. We had to fence. Actually, your, your old man had some wheat on the boundary that we had to fen- We had to re-fence the boundary so that our cows wouldn't go into his wheat. <clears throat> um, it was a bit of a nightmare, really, but 
um, lots of lessons learnt there. And so there you go. And then here we are 23 years later mm. having a chat. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So Walgett sort of, um, uh, I wouldn't say it's, have the fondest memories of Walgett, but I'm, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> they're improving. Yeah, oh, that's good, Charlie. <laughs> Nick, um, so tell me more about sort of about being here, what it means for you to look out at, you know, the landscape that you're stewarding at this point with your with your with your family. Yeah, no, um, it's great to um, be having the opportunity to uh, manage it and. Um, Try and try and improve on what 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 my parents had done over the years, and see if I can um, get it get get a bit more biodiversity and a bit more ground cover, and get it get it improved, impro- keep it improving. Yeah, so I'm just um, yeah, it's special to have 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 that opportunity and be able to have a crack at that. Let's um. We'll get to more of that as you um, uh, reveal your regenerative journey, as is per the the the, um, the charter of this of the of the podcast, Nick. Um, how far do you want to go back? I mean, how far do you want to go back to set the scene? Nick Mace, young buck, running around <laughs> Walgett, doing you know what was what was the vibe? What was what was your, what was what was yeah, growing well, up out here like? Well, it was pretty great. Like, um, funnily enough, a lot of the fun. Well, a lot of the memories are, are like uh, feeding sheep in a drought and scrub cutting and fond memories or just memories. Well, just, yeah, I, they were fond for for us when we were kids, but uh, yeah, now that I've experienced some of that myself, they they seem to stick in your memory more than the good times, probably. And it's a bit, um, uh, isn't it funny that those memories? Yeah, you might they might be fond, but I guess it's not having the the appreciation of what. What that was, what was actually happening? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, um, yeah. So, experienced that young, and and then like as you sort of, I, I went through boarding school, and then did a year in the Northern Territory, and um, yeah, just developed the love for the land, and had a bit of a stint in Sydney, and got that out of my system, and um, yeah, then came home and started helping Dad, and we. Uh, expanded our property a bit and got in got pretty heavily into the um like farming and um developing country and expanding that way and then like probably when it started the 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 rain started to steady up a bit um yeah so less the seasons were getting a bit bit drier yeah seasons were getting a bit drier like all the decisions around the, the 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 management decisions to do with uh, were just getting a bit harder to make because we were making them on um, not much moisture getting preserved by um, you know us potentially doing another spray round on on minimal moisture preservation like those things were hard and then like keeping feeding sheep or selling them or joining rams when you don't have much grass in front of you. Um, yeah, all those things were just getting a bit harder and, yeah, just sort of slowly recognised that that was happening and, and didn't felt like it was out of my uh, – it felt like it was out of your hands a bit. And then, um, yeah, just started to uh, wish they – like look at, other, look, at, look at other ways to reduce those risks and, and, and that's how – 
in a long way we came back around to um, this sort of regenerative way of farming seems to minimise all that, all those scary things. Before we go there, <clears throat> let's just get back. I'm just interested to know and, and sort of set the scene for our listeners as to and viewers when we finally get this stuff on the on the on the line. Um, what what sort of what was a day you know for say for your father you know who, who was managing it back then you know your in your childhood you were at boarding school you know what style of management or sort of what activities or enterprises you had you had did yeah. you, I mean, this was predominantly sheep country wasn't it back yeah in, back so in the day? like uh, the Walgett area probably um, started off predominantly as big big sheep properties merinos and um, yeah over the years it's uh, like it's open open landscapes like lent itself towards um, like broad acre farming and a lot of properties have uh, swung their enterprise mix probably more more to that way and um, yeah like down the fences have come and up silos have gone and um, yeah like uh, changed the landscape to suit that that um, the cropping programs and um yeah, uh, we've with our farm we've sort of tried to keep it a, as a mix. So we've um, got both options. We've got um, we do some cropping and do and have sheep and cattle, and uh, yeah, keep it spread the risk a bit that way with a bit of diver- like diversity um, enterprises. Um, and the, so uh, just again the, the the country up here it's very flat for those not familiar with Wild it's very flat. There's, you know, a fair bit of native timber, I guess, there's some regrowth. You know, this country, when it was sheep country, I guess, was opened up somewhat, but then with cropping, that, that was, there was a lot of, I guess, a lot of clearing went on and a lot of, um, you know, diesel burnt and a lot of activity to sort of change, to, to be able to crop this this kind of landscape. Yeah, well... Was it, was it suitable for cropping, would you would you say? Well, it it's um it's beautiful soil and when it when it rains it it you don't need any fertilizer we like it's cha- that that's changing a bit because i think potentially people are pushing it a little bit beyond its capabilities um but yeah it really lends itself to uh like those years when we our rainfall we don't get it every year but when we do get it it the soil can hold moisture and can really um really lend itself to growing beautiful crops so it's um yeah it that's why um people saw the op- people have seen the opportunities to, to to develop it that way and i guess that you know we'll probably get to a bit later on nick but that sort of <clears throat> that enterprise of cropping um requires a whole different style of management obviously but in terms of risk profile and you know could have you know great and we had a bit of a chat about this morning <clears throat> you know grazing is is, is one thing and cropping is a totally different kind of style of management, um, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking also in the context of how, how you – did your father do much cropping here? Dad's um, – yeah, he's done he's done a fair bit of cropping on and off over the years. He always – he is – we always try to reduce risk as much as possible by like um, – yeah, like minimal in, as minimal inputs as we could to and and keep the the grazing option open in, in case the doesn't doesn't make it to a grain crop and those sort of you know keep those options open too. So all our cropping paddocks have still got water points and fences around them so that you you can um, 
yeah, swing a mob of livestock in there to utilise that option. Are there many, do you think many farmers up here who you know, may be mainly cropping, is there much you know, animal integration that goes on? You know? No, not really. Like there's most people sort of have their farming areas and they predominantly keep them stock free. Did see over the, uh, when it was dry through the drought that um, farming areas were being grazed then, but not not typically. They mm. don't they don't integrate the livestock into their farming programs. Well, I guess they've got maybe yeah, as you say, fences have come down, watering points aren't probably adequate. It's yeah. just probably all a bit hard. And there's like there's not a whole heap of um, trees for them to shelter or, or mm. sit under in the summers, and um, they're concerned about compaction. Um, yeah, so are you concerned about compaction? I'm not so as that's worried. not a loaded question, by the yeah. way. No, we, we, we sort of, uh, we're not so worried about that. Um, so, yeah, okay, so grazing, um, did, did, were there cattle? I mean, this is, I guess you said, it was traditionally sort of sheep country, wasn't it? And then cattle found their way into the into the system. Yeah, yeah. no, a lot of people um, have breeding enterprises. We, we did, and it was heartbreaking to when we uh, ended up destocking them sort of about halfway through the drought after they'd already been on adjustment all over the state. Uh, we just sort of th- drew a line in the sand and said if it hadn't rained by then, then we'd, we'd unload them and it was hard to do it. But in, now in, uh, now looking back, it sort of uh, uh, took a bit of a weight off our uh, shoulders and, and going forward, I probably think our uh, area might lend itself more towards trading than, than breeding because... You don't get. We don't need to have that emotional attachment to the the cattle and be able to, um, yeah, be able to let them sell them if we need to. Um, and so you're fourth generation, fourth generation farmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In in Walgett? Yeah, or, in, in yeah. Walgett. My grandparents uh, were here and uh, got it. My granddad got a soldier settlement block and. Uh, expand. Where, we, where we are here? Not where we are here, out um, towards Kambora on the west side of Walgut. Mm. And, um, yeah, we've still got that. It's it's a beautiful sheep block out there. Um, yeah, so, yeah, fair bit of history, really. Does that does – that, we're jumping all over the place, Nick, as you, as you probably can imagine, and I hope hopefully we're prepared for, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really give you much prep time, did I? <laughs> um, is, is that um, – uh, where was I going with that? <laughs> Soldier settlement. Oh yeah, no fourth generation. Is that kind of um, does that weigh heavily on you? Is it kind of something you're proud of? Like where where does that sit? Because a lot of our listeners are not farmers, and a portion of those ones want to be farmers. And I guess the whole idea about it being you know they they are potentially the first generation of farmers, you know, in, in what they might want to be a long line of farming. What what does it mean to you to be a fourth generation farmer? Yeah. Does well, it mean anything? Yeah, no, it's it's great because you can um you, you've got like history there. You can see what's worked in the past and, and what um yeah, what what direction you want to continue on and and yeah, like it, it, you know, there's a there's a tree that that there's a tree house out at one of the wool sheds on our place that Dad built when he was a kid, and it's still mm. like the limbs of the tree house are still up in the tree out there. It's um, 
you know, so I can point that out to my kids and, um, yeah, those sort of things are pretty, you don't get that unless you're fourth generation. And there's just stories all over the farm. Like you can pull up on the bank of a dam and be like, oh, I I remember back in 93 when something happened over there. And yeah, like it's, it's special to have that, um, that history there. Is that, um, because David Marsh says, um, uh, for those who haven't heard David, heard of David, Google him. Actually, you probably won't find much on the Google. Oh, you might. <clears throat> He's not on social media much, but wonderful mentor of mine and, and a fellow at Boroa. And he, he, he often sort of says, and he's, he, I interviewed him in season one. So go back to season one if you, anyone who's listening, if you haven't heard David, uh, might have even been a two-parter. He was saying that, um, it's often the, 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 it's, it's a, it can be a liability. Yeah, no, it, it could be. I, I've I heard you talk about that with David and and how you mentioned that blokes that come in with a like a clean slate are more open minded, and that that is um you know something that I've worked on to be to to be open minded and to uh not not like just because we've been here and been doing it for a long time doesn't mean that that the way we've been doing it's been right. Um, so we can, you know, we can learn all the way through. If you're not learning, then uh, I think you, if you're not open to be learning and trying new things, and um, yeah, it's not the best way to be. Let's get um, <clears throat> let's get back on track. So went away to school. Um, was there many kids around here go to, go away to school? Yeah, no, a lot of most of most of the people from around here end up at a boarding school somewhere around the state. Uh, it seems to be the sort of right of path. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, no, that was fun. Like, And, and you get to meet, a, uh, meet people from all walks of life, like city kids, um, you know, from kids from other parts of the country and build, con- build that network of contacts that, can serve you throughout your life. And being boarding school and then being from out here, I guess you were, as I, I did my time in, in boarding school as well, you know, that was a very similar mindset, you know, I guess from similar farming backgrounds and, yeah. you know, it's pretty countrified, isn't it, yeah. we were talking about, you know. Yeah, luckily, the, um, well, the, the boarding school I went to is a lot of city kids there too, so that, um, I was a bit, bit more, that was a, probably a good thing for me because... Um, yeah, like I was a pretty, you know, country boy already. So getting that exposure to a lot of fellas that weren't really, um, you know, probably h- helped me. It was a healthy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the way they think differently to the way country boys think. So um, <laughs> makes for interesting conversation. Sometimes you have to like um, hold your bite your tongue a bit, and <laughs> hold your thoughts. But I think it's actually really good for them as well. Yeah, you know, because yeah. like, plenty of city kids coming out to our farm, you know. So that, I reckon that's that's good in that way. But just for them to understand different different way of life, and even those conversations and jargon, and yeah, you know, it's it's pretty healthy. I reckon. No, yeah, like every school holidays, I'd try and get someone to come home, and that that they'd, they'd all want to wog it. Where? Yeah, they'd all have a great time <laughs> and um, enjoy the enjoy the drive the drive out and the trip out here. Um. Time. So let's do how many hours is it out here to say Sydney? Sydney's six hundred and fifty odd k's. So you used to be able to do that a bit quicker than probably what you can now. But 
Um, <laughs> Going at a dollar forty or yeah, like, yeah, that's probably about eight hours. Yes, yeah. it's fair slog. Yeah. Um, it's a day. Uh, so schooling away, um, you know, family back here, dad doing his doing his thing. Then he left school. Yep. Um, did a stint uh, in the Northern Territory for a year. With yep, Lejeune. Lejeune. That, yeah. And that was amazing. That's like a place on the border so, of Northern Territory and Western Australia on the coast and the barramundi fishing, the crocodiles, the yeah, the buffalo even, and yeah, just great experience. Got got, uh, we had horses back here, but didn't live on them like you do up there, and love that side of it. Um, probably nearly could still be up there, but um, sort of thought, oh well, it's time to do the next thing. Why'd you come back? Um, I was. I actually said to the boss, the head stockman up there, I'll, I'll be back again next year. And then when I got back here, I was like, oh, if I go back again, it'll probably be much the same as what it has been, you know, this year. I'll, you know, I'll um, go to uni, give uni a go. Um, so then I went on to Armadale Uni for one semester and uh, had a, probably a bit too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> you and you and most of them. Yeah, no, like I, I got through all the sub. I ended up passing all the subjects, but I just sort of it was just a bit too much partying for me. Um, so I wanted to get out and do some work and earn some. I got a taste of earning a bit of money and having a bit of independence, and wanted to buy a car and all that sort of jazz. And um, ended up poking down to Sydney and reuniting with some of the old school bo- mates and. Um, did uh did a, ended up doing an apprenticeship down there as a carpenter, and um as an an, an excuse to stop down there for a little bit longer and um yeah and then finished that and then made my way back out to Walgett. Was was Rod sort of putting the pressure on to come out, come out, come home, help you know do stuff out here? No, no, he didn't need to put any pressure on. I I. I it, it was funny when I was doing the building apprenticeship, and I was I was out here on you know on weekends and bits and pieces of time. I always used to feel like uh, the work at, like you're on holidays when you're out here, even though we were working. And I was like, oh, pretty good, isn't it, to feel like you're on holidays when you're actually working? Um, yeah, and, and just being your own boss, you just can't beat it. Mm. Um, yeah. So, and, and you moved back out. Um, what was the um, you went from Sydney to back here. Was that Dad was saying it's time, or what was the? No, um, oh, my sister had been. We'd had a, that. We'd had a car accident and a tragedy in the family, and I it was. I was already thinking along those lines anyway, and I just that was the trigger point to come back and yeah, like help mum and dad, you know, through a pretty sad time, and and um, yeah, give it a, give it a bit of a crack. And see, make sure I liked it as well. So that was the, um, yeah, the instigator to, to the trigger to come home and, um, yes, yeah, put some roots back, back in. And when you got back home, was it a, was it, did you sort of just, did you chime in to, you know, what you were, were you always done, what, what, what Rod had been doing, what the family had been doing, or did you, oh, did yeah. you come back with sort of any different kind of paradigms about, stuff uh no not at that stage i came back and dad had sort of had it set up so that he could uh, primarily run it by himself and 
So I thought oh, I'll come back and I'll, I'll help him a bit when he wants a hand and I might do a bit of chippy work still. And I did that. I did do that for a little while, but then I found myself feeling like I was falling short as a chi- as both a chippy and as leaving dad short of staff all the time. And I was like, well, I'm, I want to, I just want to help dad like that. That's what I enjoyed doing more. So I um, ended up, yeah, giving away the, the chippy stuff for the time being and just working on the farm more. And yeah, around that same time, uh, opportunity came to uh, expand a bit. And with that expansion, there was another house, so I could I could move I could move out of living with mum and dad. And um, was that here? Was that you're living with them here? Or yeah, that? I was living yeah. with them in 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 the Wilga Park house. And yeah, then, as, as a twenty, what were you being then? Early twenties. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Mid, yeah. <laughs> It's way back now. Um, so anyway, it was you were a, playing. You were playing rugby. At, you know, yeah, playing the, rugby for the Wild Wild Rams, not the Burke Rams or the what's the other Rams? Canamble Can- Rams. There's <laughs> three lots of three lots of rugby teams around here called the Rams. It's a class, which, as we said last night, is a reflection of how many sheep are around here. Yeah, yeah, probably makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, okay, so that's that's always pretty challenging, isn't it? Yeah, you know, living with mum and dad when you're at that age and yeah. farming and was it was there any sort of were there challenges with um, with that, or you know, with any any sort of any tipping points or tension events that sort of got you thinking differently, or you, you know, just um, going, you and Rod just went out there and did, did no, the no, yeah, Dad and I, yeah, just seemed to pretty pretty mesh well, pr- mm. mesh pretty well, and work along really well together. The the, the, the turning point really probably was for me was uh, being a couple of years into the, to managing this new place and. The, the the rain had turned off a bit. Um, I'd started. We'd I'd just gotten married, and we'd started a family, and and I got uh, I got diagnosed with cancer, and um, age, age, yeah, about thirty, mm. yeah, and uh, yeah, that was a bit of a shock because I, even though I sort of um, I thought I was pretty, I thought I was you know, you think you're bulletproof anyway, but I actually thought I was, you know, doing a bit of exercise, eating reasonably, I ate my vegetables and eat a bit of fruit and, yeah, so that I was, uh, I went I went through and uh, had an operation and did the chemo and got myself in, in remission and it was around then that I was like, bugger me, how did that happen? Like um, started questioning the, the, the why and, um yeah, went just went down a bit of a rabbit warren of uh, like health and nutrition and and trying to work it out as to what might have been a trigger point or or or, or whatnot. And um, yeah, like I did a uh, I enrolled and didn't put myself through a integrative mm. nutrition um, course. And yeah, it just it's so um, you just learn that it's so whole holistic like there's it's not just food it's like the environment you're in the sleep the water the the mental um mental side of it the the gratitude and all that and yeah and 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 as well with on the food it just took did a full circle back to uh like how it's grown and then i thought oh hang on I, i actually have a bit of a uh, impact on on I could have a bit of an impact on how it's grown and or produced, and that was when I started to uh, discover like this um, 
different way of far- or different way of farming with regenerative farming and yeah and kind of got reignited uh, with a bit of a new new direction and excitement about it all. Before we get to there, <clears throat> what was it, the integrative uh, integrative nutrition certificate? Who was that through? Because we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. If oh yeah, um, there uh, it's like it's called the Inst- Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they do like this online twelve month um, integrative nutrition uh, training course, and it's mm. yeah, it just it covers like all that sort of stuff, like nutrition mindset. Um, yeah, there's about twenty modules that you work through, and um, yeah, it was it was life changing. And you are a big fan of Cindy O'Meara as well, I believe. You're a bit of a fanboy. <laughs> yeah. So much so, tell us, you, you told me this. Oh. Much, well, maybe you shouldn't. So. Oh, we recently <laughs> got a um, a, uh, a new pup. The snakes had wiped out our, our last batch of dogs. And, um, yeah, we, we had a mourning time for six months or so and then we thought, right, oh, well, let's get another puppy, try again. And uh, it just... We got her about the same time as I'd heard you talk to Cindy O'Meara and uh, we were thinking of brainstorming names and the, the kids must have heard me banging on about um, <laughs> how good she was. And, um, yeah, so the, the, the little girl's name, Cindy. Yeah, so and Cindy, for you, don't be, don't be alarmed or offended. The, it's the cutest little <laughs> brown, yummy Soft little thing, isn't it? It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's only a pup. Yeah. 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 It's beautiful. It's um, tearing everything apart still at the moment, ready for her to grow out of that stage. Which is which is pretty much what Cindy does. We interviewed her. Um, I interviewed her uh, in season, uh, gee, was season three. She is fantastic. Um, Google um, changing habits. She's fantastic. Cindy O'Meara. Um, we're sort of doing a bit of work with her and we can probably tell you a bit more about that later in the show. But, um, yeah, no, she she's a real force and, and we're really, really stoked to be um, uh, potentially working with Cindy and just supporting what she's done, what, she, what yeah. she's doing. Yeah. yeah. Just in the, in the, in the, in the well, in essentially integrative health space, um, food, where it's from. She's farming herself now. She's got a family on board and she's just a force. Mm, yeah. We'll have to get her out of here, mate. Cindy, welcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to meet. You have to meet the other Cindy. Yeah. Um, so uh, now another question there for you. I think, um, uh, yeah, that's a that's a pretty serious turning point. Yeah, and um, yeah, that was, yeah. So that you know, in hindsight, though, I'm almost glad that it happened because it it was just like the kind of wake up wake up call that um, you know sort of made me become a bit more present with what we were doing and 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 what impacts that have on the, on us and humans and the environment and even you know the people around us and the way we bring up our kids so yeah i just feel like um the 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 swing that we've made is uh just a, a better way mm. so what what does that look like like what what's we let's let's go down let's go down yeah. there like what what is what is you know, I, I turned up here last night, met Alex, kids. I mean, the, the energy and the just the, you know, there was something pretty cool going on. Yeah, oh, thanks, Charlie. Yeah, well, that yeah, that's so yeah, it's it's it like it's very holistic. Like you, 
it's not just on the farm it's in in the house in the garden and, and you know th- through through um through the way you live your life um the changes that we've sort of been making um yeah well let's talk about that let's talk about the inside because i think that's not that it's more or less important but you know it's a really it's a great distinction you've just made that you know it's not just about going um oh i'm going to do things differently in the paddock you know, for my cattle or my sheep or my plants or my soil, but is that sort of you know if to, to do that outside and not yeah and still be drinking coke inside yeah that's right and, work, and like I, I think you just got to get you a strong why and then it and then it translates through everything then tell us more about the, the why well why apart from a pretty serious health care yeah well. It just if you've got if we we feel that if you, if the the reason that you're doing it all um, sits well with you, then you we're likely to do a better job of it and 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 continue it on, and and it'll hopefully it'll work, and and but just implanting it into our kids as well, so that they they say that you know by the time they're five, most of their in planning's already done, so uh, we've only with our eldest daughter's eight, so um, she's already implanted. So we're working on the bottom three at the moment, trying to <laughs> trying to um, help them, you know, have hopefully have the right type of um, upbringing, and um, so that they can work out what as they get older, they can without us telling them what to do, they sort of instinctively know what is um, is the right choice to make in in certain situations what are some of those situations like what how, how do you how do you do how have you been doing that what, what are some of the you know i call them strategies or tactics or practices that sort of you, you you're comfortable doing and seem to have a yeah oh it's tough it's like it's funny i was um we were sitting at the um corinda pub one one afternoon there and i could see all the kids playing over in the park across the road and um we we hadn't been we don't drink much soft drink and um, Stella I could see her over there and all the kids were passing a can of fizzy around and I was watching her and I thought oh this will be interesting <laughs> anyway she had a mouthful and almost <laughs> gagged because she'd never had it before and spat it out and I didn't say anything to her for a couple of days and then I said oh that that I saw you had a bit of a go of that fizzy the other day Stella and she was like. Oh, it was disgusting, Dad. I never went up my nose, and mm. I don't know. That was a bit of a, a, you know. I was just thinking, oh, that's you know, we're doing we're doing all right. If, if you know, to, for her to be thinking that, and for it to her taste buds aren't, you know, they don't like that strong sugar, and um, yeah. So that's, I guess, you know, that's just an example of sort of one of the things that, yeah, you know, and we've got our own garden here, like veggie patch, and. Yeah, we lift the hay up and there's worms in there and we've got one of those Johnson Sioux um, bioreactors and um, tr- watching it break like the wood chips break down into soil and, you know, I- I'm learning as well but I'm trying to explain to the kids what's going on and and why and, and why we're doing it. And, yeah, so that just sort of helps them, I think, along the way with them. Um, just a holistic kind of view of, of life and food and and why I think why we do things. And what about out, out, t- tell us about um, 
Uh, well, before we get back to the practices outside, is there anything between sort of getting home, help, major health scare, you know, looking to do things differently, was there anything between that and sort of implementation in the paddock? Were there sort of any courses you did or um, apart from the, the nutrition certificate, were there sort of any... Yeah. What, 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 I'll put this question to you. What, what hurdles were you finding at that point when internally you were... Yeah. Breaking paradigms. Yeah, there was definitely like a couple of years where I was um, starting to become open to open to like this way of thinking and listening to like listening to your podcast, listening to reading reading a few books and and just um, I was like agreeing with like in my head I'm going, Oh yeah, that resonates. I like the go sound of that but I was still, we were still spraying, we were still tilling, we were still set stocking and, I, yeah, we just took took a, took a bit longer to be able to um, swing across and start trying to implement change in, in, in those practice, in the way we were managing the, the land and, yeah, we, we sort of did it progressively, like dropped out the fungicide, insecticides um, tried to keep more ground cover, even even though we in the in the industrial farming, uh, you lose a bit of moisture. But I was trying to preserve ground cover um, to hold it to get hold it together and, and start improving the the soil um, by by doing that. And yeah, it, it was a slow a slow transition, and we're still not not all the way there. And it, like learning too like every every year is different with the way the season goes so it, it, it's not like a, a set uh, we haven't worked out a set way that it just works so you have to evolve it as every year goes and um, try and you know through your your knowledge and network of people work out the best like course of action to to suit the season and and what's going on? And what Dad think about all that? No, to Dad's credit, he's been um, supportive. He he'll often make a comment like, "Oh, but you know, we just won't make any money out of that." So I'm desperate to try and prove him wrong on on that um, because, yeah, well, of course we want to try and make it economic and and viable. And and I think that there's a way that you can have both, like um, win in both respects and were you making the decisions then or you're sharing the decision making or how did you sort of approach when you <laughs> you turned up maybe you'd read a book or you'd been to a yeah. course or something and and yeah were you just going oh what's dad gonna think of if i turn yeah, up yeah i think did he's was probably it, sick did of you, did you have a few beers with him and <laughs> hit him up oh uh, yeah he's probably <laughs> sick of being sent um sent books and sent things that he should read <laughs> or listen to um but he's always been pretty um open-minded and we and we discuss with like um we discuss like what we what we're thinking of doing and and then often he'll be like oh why don't we just do that uh, as a bit of a trial like a smaller area trial and I'm a struggle always struggle a bit with that because I just want to go the whole hog <laughs> um but no he's he there were a few you know a few frustrating conversations but we sort of work through them and um, yeah, now he's sort of he, we've done a bit of succession planning, and he's he's still there to help me. But it, the more of the decisions are 
all on me now. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm having a bit of a having a bit of a. I've, luckily, I've still got him to um, to help me uh, physically do the work and, and sound it out, um, sound a few ideas, bounce a few ideas off him. But um, yeah, up to me to to give it a give it a crack at what what we want to implement. Do you think your health scare helped him understand your motivation or, or, or sort of, I don't know, how do you think that, I mean, obviously being the father of a son that has cancer, that's pretty heavy in itself, you know? Yeah, I think definitely. Like he can sort of see where my motivations have come from and, and um, my mum's my really, um, she's into, into, she sort of loves, I, she reads a lot and I send her all the books that I, I get and get her to listen to the podcast too that resonate with me and she helps helps sort of bridge that gap from the old paradigms that that we have to to trying these new things let's um let's jump to let's stay inside for a minute in the family um because i guess that's where a lot of these things sort of you know the motivation um alex is doing some pretty cool things isn't she and i've got to say alex is here in Walgett, I know she's from out sort of near Tottenham anyway, so it's not as though it's all foreign to her. But you know, with your four kids, like I think that's just incredible. You know? Yeah, she's real credit. She's amazing. Now is the time to to pump up a tyres. Yeah, give, <laughs> to the world. No, she's don't a, hold back, Nick. She's very. We're very <laughs> proud of Alex. Like she's a beautiful person, and she's when when we started having when we had Stella, um, she was just one day we were in the truck driving somewhere she'd come along i'd talked her into coming for an outing and she was just like oh, i just don't want this to be it and i was like what do you mean this to be it and she said oh just being just being a mum and i was like oh you're not just a mum that's really special and she's like no no i just don't know what i want to do i just feel i just don't want this to be it i said okay and anyway she ended up um Doing a law degree over the next eight years. That's true. What, so Fair income. She's done. She finished the law degree. No, um, don't don't be having an argument with her. Okay. No. The, <laughs> avoid, yeah. avoid that. So she, yeah, she utilised oh, yeah. her her mother mothering time pretty well by um, sneaking in a law degree, and um, yeah, now she's finished that, and she is. Um, all the way along too, like with with what was going on with me, with um, with my health scare and transition through, um, kind of like doing my studies. Um, she's got into um, like she's quite passionate about um, her her health and like uh, self development type stuff, and she's uh, created a like a an online business and a and a and a Facebook group of sort of like minded. Girls and girls only at this stage, apparently. <laughs> but um, yeah, you could, she, you could you could put together a uh, a men's version. Yeah, true. Compliment it. <laughs> yeah, not in competition. No, no, and um, complimentary. Yeah, I know. So tell me about that. Tell me about her because she mentioned it last night, or you might was it maybe it was this morning. And tell us. I mean, I'd love to give it a plug because it's you know that's just a wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, you know, no, initiative. I just reckon she's doing some cool stuff, and she's what's it called? What's the sort of uh, the Rural Women's Collective? Mm-hmm. And she's she yeah she's just interviewing uh, like uh, all these interesting people that. Um, 
that that resonate with her and 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 for for women to to well and men hopefully at some stage to um yeah to like she's done some health coaches she's done um naturopaths um kinesiologists uh the, the one to do with uh space as as uh, what are they the astrology type oh yeah yeah so yeah. yeah, I always get astrology and astronomy mixed up. Yeah, me too. Astronomy, astronomy. Oh, well, astronomy, I think, is the stars and the sort of the more science, but the astrology, I think, is more the constellations and that sort of stuff. Yeah, so okay. I, I stand. Yep. Look, I'm, I may need correction. Yeah, no, and I, I'm only hearing dribs and drabs of um, the, the. I haven't been allowed to uh, join the women's group yet, but um, that the, they just sound so <laughs> interesting. What they're talking about and. Mm. And just empowering, like girls to, um, you know, they don't have to do the the nine to five grind in a, in a job that they might not like. There's there's always other opportunities out there, and 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 being the best version of themselves is, um, you know, um, gonna help gonna help the family and gonna help them them yeah, for themselves. We'll put the we'll put a link to that in the show notes, and I and I guess as long as you're a woman. You should be should be should be able to get men. Do not try and falsify your identification. <laughs> Sneak in there. I'm sure Nick's already tried to do that. Um, so that's awesome. That's 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 a wonderful thing because you know, as I've said before, um, you know, I think the women of the world and those um, in the agricultural space, you know, they're actually, in my view, are going to be leading us out of whatever we're finding yeah. ourselves in. And the the little th- the little things about that that she probably didn't realise when she started it was just the like the the networking of like minded type people that it has brought and, and it's just really rewarding to, for her to be having conversations with all these people that are resonating with like the things that she's interested in and 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 loving what she's putting out there. So yeah, I think it's been great on that side as well. Um, while we're inside, anything else you want to mention about? You know, life, family, habits. You know, any tips for for dads who have small children in terms of you know the paradigms that you you now you probably broke a few and and a sort of um, you know being a parent with a different different outlook and a different approach. Yeah, I just think probably uh, like uh, one of the one of the main ones is like it all goes so quickly. So you um, mm. yeah, you just really I just try and be. Uh, like a conscious effort of being quite present with um, different moments at different times to, um, you know, really listen to the, some of the answers of your kids and inquire to, uh, you know, what how their day was or, or why they found, ask them why and listen to the answer and, and, and engage with them more. And, yeah, because it, they'll, be, they'll be adults themselves before we know it. We have a favourite game we play. Most nights um, is well. I shouldn't say most nights. Actually, that that's not quite right. It's it's when we actually are sitting and being present, which is not every night because sometimes with uh, with children of different ages, some need to feed early and then late, and then. But the point is that um, the <laughs> and Lila, my eleven year old, she's beautiful. She, you know, especially if we've got friends there, she'll walk up, she'll sneak up, and she'll jab me and say it's time. And the question is, what was your favourite part of today? 
yeah, we try and do that too. What what's your, what are you most grateful for for mm. the for the day? And it takes a bit of them to that when when they're young, they it it takes a bit of uh, focus and effort for them to come out with it. But it's just a nice way to to make them think and. Yeah, not always just they're just wanting to surge ahead onto the next thing, but it's a nice thing to reflect on what what was what what was something special that happened today. Great, great time for reflection um, for those kids. Any other in, indoor tips? Oh, Charlie, it's a, there's hundreds of them, but write a book, mate. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, no, not, nothing specific. <laughs> Maybe um, if you're a woman, jump on. Um, the Rural Women's Collective, and I'm sure Alex will be sharing a few of those and, and, and fascinating stuff, and I reckon you're right. You mentioned last night she should start a podcast. I reckon she should, she should too. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be good. And then uh, it's easier if you're driving or totally. jogging or whatever. You could plug in and catch up on whoever she's been chatting with. And listen in because who knows Nick could be starting uh, the rural the rural men's collective <laughs> <laughs> in parallel. Yeah. No pressure, mate. Okay, let's step outside. Let's step outside the the, the kitchen door into the paddock. Um, tell me what's what what is what is happening? Not in your mind, in your head, in your decision making, in the paradigms that you step into that paddock with. What is what's different now to what it was when you. Um, you know, you got back home after your time at the June, and you were, you know, Rod, and you were were doing your, doing your stuff. What 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 are some of the distinctions now, in t- in terms of sort of the the the, the why, you know, and the thinking? Yeah. Um, maybe one would be that, um, like there's a there's a stereotypical view of what success looks like, and and um, maybe that's you know more acres. Bigger tractors, wider gear, um, more more livestock, and for me, I sort of pushed towards that. had a had a good good go at that, and and now um, just realizing that trying to just do a better job uh, on what I, I don't think I, we're we're efficiently running what we already have, and we could probably try and do a better job on. What what like the, a bit smaller area and be more efficient and and have a healthier landscape as well through um, through some management um, tweaks. for more information to assist your regenerative journey come join charlie and his guests around the kitchen table an online community of supporters with exclusive access to the regenerative journey interview transcripts live online q a sessions a chance to engage with other like-minded people and more go to www.charliearnett.com.au forward slash the kitchen table and we look forward to sharing a yarn with you now let's get back to this week's episode What what was success? What does success used to look like, and what does it look like now? Your your KPIs or your benchmarks or your you know oh that was a successful year or crop or whatever. Yeah, um, well, it used to success used to you know probably look like a a really big crop and 
a huge mob of like livestock on a on our uh, on a big property, but then sometimes now for for me now I, I've kind of I'm not so concerned about the scale of it all, but just um, trying to trying to do do better with a smaller like to improve the country as well. So instead of maybe growing grain and meat, we're growing grass uh, primarily and. Um, with that should come um, grant the grain and meat as well will come secondary to the grass. And expand expand on that a bit. Like what, what again? What we're looking out at um, at Wilga Park. You know what 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 are some of those well those telltale signs that you know perhaps the younger Nick might have gone. Oh my God, what were you thought? <laughs> yeah. What are you thinking in that bag? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. We were driving around this morning, and we've got like on on an, one of our best paddocks, best paddocks. It's like got a really strong stand of like galvanised burr, a good crop. <laughs> yeah, and um, sort of like oh, you know, looking at you know, you could say that that's just been the season this year. That that's why it's like that. Um, but or or um, maybe that we've we've like stocked it a little bit too hard over the years and um, they've ate all the desirable stuff and now that now primarily the only thing growing is this gal burr that so just like thinking a bit like that and trying to um, trying to work out the best way to um, twist that back to getting the, the desirables back and the preannuals growing again and and improve that 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 area. Just focusing on like the smaller areas, and rather than as a whole, a bit. Yeah. So we've yeah might might roll, roll the crimp roller over that, and and keep it destocked for a while, and try and let let a bit more light in, and and yeah, feed some microbes in the soil, and and get get it get it cracking again. So what would you have done before? You think. I think I might have put the took the dozer in there and with a stick rake and raked it all the way into and burnt it. Whereas maybe it can work work for us too. Like just yeah, like maybe we can crimp roll it in and keep it as a blanket on the ground and 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 protect the young growth that's trying to come up underneath it. Because we saw that didn't we this morning? We saw that the. You know, um, there's there's stuff happening underneath, and there's a little bit of sunshine getting in, and I don't, yeah. know, I don't know what it was. It was sort of not 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 much grass in the, those areas. No, and and there's probably a whole um, whole colony of bugs and beetles and worms and uh, that are all you know doing their thing to try and contribute to get it back to 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 how nature would ha- would have had it. And there's probably you said it was buffalo and Mitchell grass in there. Yeah, it used it, to be. That's that's why it was our best paddock, and and I think it still will be. The seed will still be there. We've just got to get create the right environment for it to to, mm. to come again. And as we were saying, like you, you've got your crimp roller, which is very impressive, I have to say. Um, and you know, doing a few test trips and things might be interesting to see. You know what actually happens there. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're sort of even thinking of um, doing a bit of a test trip with it, and then. Maybe pull the old dozer out and rake up a little area and just compare what doing it one way to another, uh, how it will respond to both tr- bits of treatment. Yeah, a bit, little experiment there. Yeah, yeah. You're a scientist, mate. 
<laughs> but I think there's room for that, isn't there? Like that's gets back to. I mean, you were mentioning the other day you're a bit of a cold turkey kind of guy, which which I am too. But there's a lot to be said for, you know, especially when you've got other family members involved. You know, that different generations to sort of go, hey, and Rod's, you know, he's already said, said, oh, maybe you can do a bit of this and a bit of that to experiment. So that's kind of yeah, kind of a sensible approach. Yeah, and you had your bets, and you, you you can see how it's worked one way and how it's working the other way. Can you keep? Can you let us know what happens? Yeah, yeah. No. Take photos. Yeah, no, for sure, Charlie. Does um so tell me so so grazing and I, I think that's um that's fantastic and the fact that you're you're having those thoughts and you're having you questioning questioning yourself, I guess, in previous management, which is all fine. I mean, you know, um, tell us about the the cropping, what we saw this morning of the cropping, and 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 again, you know, what would you have been? What would the younger Nick be saying to the older Nick now, if if that younger Nick was just to appear in that in that crop over the road, what would he say to you? And what would you and what would you say back? Oh, Have a conversation with yourself. Come yeah, on. I do a bit. Every uh, I do a bit. I look out there now, and I'm like, oh dear, that's a bit dirty and messy. But um, yeah, so that, that's the the the. The not much younger Nick. Um, I, I have a bit of a, a mental tug of war every time I go out there because I'm so used to how how it should, or how I've been brought, like kind of how most people farm and how the industrial kind of paradigm there of having it clean, no weeds. And I actually had to, um, yeah, like as a as a tool to make myself accountable to to give this a red hot crack. I um, have got our place uh, in transition to organic mm-hmm. and to, 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 to make ourselves um, accountable to not not using these chemicals anymore and, and, and giving it a really good go. Like we've, we've sort of invested in the tools, um, farming tools, to, to be able to have a go at, at doing it that way. And, um, yeah, so when I look out there now, I can see tillage radish and uh, just native, uh, like, plant and weed diversity uh, in amongst the crop and I'm like, oh, how's this going to pan out? So it's a, it's a bit unknown but just, um, yeah, like it's a – it was the per- off the back of that dry, um, like the drought, we hadn't done any spraying on, on that country for anyway so it was the perfect opportunity to, g- to give it a crack like um, and, and see how we go going forward. Um, yeah. So. So, what would you say to the younger Nick? What, what's your justification? Ah, uh, look, I'd be, I'd just a little checklist of, you know, like, um, I'd be saying, oh, look, you know, we've got to, we've got, we, we want to try and uh, improve the the carbon levels and organic material in the soil, and the best way to do that is to to have plant life in the soil all the time. So, in the in the fallow times. Instead of having it bare fallow, we'll be trying to have either native ground cover or um, maybe like a millet or a mixed species type crop to just to keep the diversity cranking and the microbes in the feeding the microbes with root extra diets and yeah, like and just keeping the um, the carbon cycle building and going and even down to like little things like. Well, we noticed it this morning out there that you know, like a dew, a dew overnight can uh, the combination of them over a year can can equate to you know millimeters of rain that that you don't have to receive 
but you still get the benefit from them. Um, so, that, yeah, that's probably what I'd be, um, what I'm saying to myself when I look out there and, and just, yeah, like probably saying, oh, you know, like it's hard to account for the benefit of what, mm. what, what that is in monetary terms, but over time, hopefully it just, it, it, we can do more with less because the, the soil will be in a better state. And when young Nick says, but yeah, but how are you going to harvest that? What are you going to say? Uh, I'm going to say how oh, lucky we got our own header. <laughs> um, and, yeah. I was trying to convince you to sell it last night, but actually you, you put up a very, very good um, and very swift um, uh, counter, which was made perfect sense. So that's great. Yeah, and I might have to get, we might have to seed grade it or mm. or tweak a few things on the settings on the header to try and blow a few of the foreigners out. But um, at least what... What grain we do have, we know is like of a higher, higher val, like higher value and nutrient quality than 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 what it would have otherwise been. Was well, surprisingly clean, really. I mean, I, when you were, we spoke on the phone, oh, be a few, good few weeks ago, months or so ago now, two months maybe, and you were sort of a bit worried about what was going to come up. I guess you'd not, not long sown it, and you really couldn't see. But I was really surprised that the main thing was was mustard. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a couple of other things there. Maybe a few grass um, cereal, um, you know, foreigners that that you probably don't want. But it was actually surprisingly clean. It wasn't like the 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 the, yeah. the diverse, crazy. Oh my god, how am I going to sort all this out? Kind of situation. Yeah, and hopefully, like that's all. All those um, plants are like sort of maturing ahead of the the, the wheat too. So hopefully, they sort of naturally shell out a little bit and. Uh, uh, like done and dusted primarily at harvest time. And you mentioned something um, interesting this morning about your mate over in, or the fellow you'd listened to in WA, his name escapes me, but you'd remind me, and, and what he was saying about the um, the the health of soil and how that affects the 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 the, the liquid content of plants. Yeah, um, Brent Burns, I'd um, spoken to him a few times, and he just casually mentioned. Burnsy. Burnsy, yeah. Um, he um, mentioned the, um, I think it was the pectin inside the plant instead of um, it being primarily like the the the, the, the liquid nutrients in, that a plant has in it is can be primarily like fluid. So when you when we get um, frosts in winter, it uh, damages the plant and hurts it. But when they when they're growing in a healthier sort of soil and environment, and you can get the balance right. Uh, it, it's um, it it's pectin or something, and it and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily do that, and it can tolerate, you know, bu- it, the, it produces something that repels bugs, and it re- like doesn't get damage from frosts and mm. and yeah, adverse sort of events. What's what's something? Just thinking about that might be what we what might be interesting. Have you got a bricks machine, bricks? Yeah, I do. You do. Yeah. What you could do. Is you is like go out in the afternoons when the bricks should be you know reasonably high, not high because you want it to be high to prove anything, but more that's an optimum time to do it after the sun's been on it for a while, and measure your wheat. Yeah, and then if there's anyone nearby that you could, you yeah. could you could test them and compare. <laughs> you can yeah. just compare. I mean, yeah. obviously, look, you know, the soil I guess would be the same in terms of its its parental 
parental rock, you know, but lots of different management. It might be interesting to see, you know, to compare that, you know, yeah. different management obviously over the fence. And, and probably I need to probably even in, in like after I've been doing it for a little bit longer too just to build a bit more health and be able to get a representative like I should log it and record those yeah. those uh, things as well to, to see it. What's well, a it's a it's a measure of health profile over time. It could be potentially anyway. Yeah. I mean, there are obviously other variables in there. What what you what you're testing, whether it's wheat or barley or oats or pasture, but just in terms of the. I mean, here I am suggesting it, and we I'm not very good at that myself. So that's what I need to do. Jim and Brock, that's what we start need to start doing very well. Um, any other sort of things you'd be sort of countering your younger self with in you know in the paddock? Um, is it you know? It could be not in the cropping pad. It could it be in the shed? Could it be, you know, in um, on the road? Is there anything, you know? We were talking about um, kangaroos this morning. Yeah, well, like um, we, we'd be loving to put up a. We, we've been running the idea of putting up a, an exclusion fence around the property to try and um, like reduce, be able to manage them a little, um, because. When we when we in the past when we've tried to rest a paddock, we've found that they uh, come in and don't let you rest it, or or like when other farmers or other neighbours and farmers uh, has sort of overgrazed their paddocks, and you're trying to rest yours, you get all their roos coming onto to our place. Yeah, and we've sort of been looking at that as an option, and um, yeah, and then we be, just recently became aware that. Um, Emus are one of the best ways to spread native um, native grass seeds about, and uh, maybe we maybe we'd have to fence them in if we if we did do it. <laughs> ironically, crazy, yeah. So what's your, what have you changed your thoughts on around that? Yeah, oh, just just um, and, and obviously because it's such a big expense to go ahead and 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 exclude exclusionary fence so like, to just tell me what an exclusion fence basically is in in, in, in you know, layman's terms so they understand what we're talking about yeah it's um like a well you can you can make them as big or as little as you as high as you like but they're like a ring lock fence that has an apron on it to prevent um, uh, like the kangaroos can dig under and pigs can dig under so it's got this apron that um, goes out to prevent that from happening, and you can you can have they can be at you know waist height, shoulder height, head height. You can and they yeah you they're, they're a big big um, big investment, but they're powerful tool to um, exclude uh, undesirable uh, wildlife. I suppose you mentioned this morning how much it would cost to, to do your place. Yeah, I, th- I think it's like if you if you do it. Full contract, I think it's probably twelve thousand dollars a k. Mm. So it's yeah, you know, if if your boundaries eighty k's, it's a bit of doing. Mm. Yeah. And what have you what have you thought? What are your thoughts on it now? If 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 is that changed? Yeah, well, you just really got to convince yourself that that that, and work out how long it'd um, take to to get the value back from doing it and. Potentially, there's other other avenues that are uh, that are out there that you could that might we might try before we we go down that line. Do you want to talk <laughs> about that? Come on, mate! You've been at the biodynamics course. Yeah, These people are up for the challenge. <laughs> no, well, um, we were just yeah, just it's just like being open minded with the like 
um, subtle energy type stuff and maybe we uh, do a bit of pe- try a bit of peppering and um, and see if we can encourage them that the the grass isn't actually greener on our side of the fence and um, yeah so I guess that would involve um, yeah like um, uh, getting ch- probably getting a few coming across a couple of roadkill roos or whatever and um, and burnt like burning them into ash and then spreading that the um, their ash about and yeah the and and doing it with an intent that like spreading it with an intent that it will uh, prevent prevent root uh, prevent them coming on and um, trialing that to see if that might make a difference. I reckon give it a shot. Yeah, I'll definitely do a warm up run with um, mice. Yeah, that's right. I mean, for anyone who I'm not sure if we put that in the show notes or not, and um, but certainly if you want to know more about peppering, come to one of our two day biodynamic workshops, which might be a promo somewhere in this in this top and tailing of this episode. But certainly, um, Nick's been to to, to it. Um, was it last in last year? Uh, about least? the middle of last year. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, and you can learn about peppering, which is yeah, essentially, as Nick said, you, you know, burning the the um, an animal. You can do plants as well. Yeah, yeah. No, we've, on a full um, moon, spread the ash. Yeah. No, Pretty. we did a, a, a the the last time I was in the booms ray, we put out a a brew of um as I, put, I sprayed some kelp, active start and boron across the paddock, and I put in some uh, biodynamic potent biodynamic preparations, and uh, yeah, it was a. It was nice. You could almost wanted to have the windows down and the door open and just <laughs> let it all flow through the cab as well. <laughs> what <laughs> would you have done that eight years ago? No, no. <laughs> I guess that's pretty. It's worth mentioning. That's quite the difference, isn't it, in terms of how comfortable you are with the materials you're handling? Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, and you know, in the past, you sort of feel like you want to you know you better shut all the windows of the house alex you know we've got got a bit of a nasty brew going over here and now it's like um you hope the wind's blowing that way to get the garden a bit as well <laughs> that's that's hilariously good yeah. um but i guess but just on that though you know and this is not copping out on industrial farming well it is in a way but it's it's not it's it's it's, it's indirectly but i know plenty and i used to do the same um you know spraying um you know nasty chemicals because, you know, often on a farm, you know, there's cropping paddocks near the house or areas where that need some, you know, so-called treatment. But it's, 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 it's an interesting thing that, I, that I, you know, I never really thought much about it until I kind of had to or was, you know, it, it dawned on me that, um, you know, there's a family living in that home and it's my children and, and, and you know, there's a, there is a, there is, there is a um, interaction whether we like it or not, between the paddock and the house and the garden and that sort of thing, it's not as though, you know, um, we can avoid that. Literally, not yeah. quite physically, it's a physical thing. It's like you know, we're you're trying to live in in a in a in a farm that is uh, not here now, but certainly um, what we used to do in a, an area that you probably don't really want your kids to be living. Yeah, yeah, and th- and that was like you know we were trying to eat prior to going more the way we've gone we were we were trying to eat like organically and um and, and clean and then i'd be going out and jumping you know contradicting 
what we're doing in the house out in the paddock. And yeah, that was just a little mental tug of war that was 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 difficult to sit with. How did you manage that? What what what, what you know? Well, it's still it's still I still um, yeah have times where you have to do bits and pieces. Like if I do any contracting work, then that normally involves doing doing that. You know, going back to the old way. But um, at least on our farm, I can I can you know put a put a stop to it. Mm. No longer something you have to battle with. Yeah, yeah, and it just yeah it just aligns with with our values now, and and um, yeah, it feels good to to be doing that. How did you? And you, you, you how did you how did you work out your values? Like what that's that's a word that you know you and I and sort of I guess regenerative farming kind of spaces you hear a lot about, but I certainly didn't even know what the word meant apart from value of dollar value of something back in the day. But how did you you know under, get to understand or appreciate your values as an individual and family and so on? Yeah, it is that is tough because it takes you have to um, yeah really. Uh, dig deep within yourself to work out what 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 they are and and you have to you know forget about the people pleasing and 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 those sort of things and you have to just like you know sit down and maybe do a mind map or or look at a heap of heap of heap of you know descriptive words on a page and and circle the ones that 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 jump out at you of your values and 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 then expand from that, you know, it, it doesn't doesn't happen overnight working them out. You have to, you know, I, I, I think sometimes you get these life experiences that come along the way that help you um, help you work them out too. And you got to you got to be present when they happen to to, um, to 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 use them. Use them as a learning. Yeah, yeah. Um, people pleasing. That you mentioned that just there before. Where does that sort of fit in? into into it you think well it's very easy just to do things and say things that you know society might ex- see as the norm or expect you to be doing and you know uh, is you need to work out whether um whether that's what whether they are what you what you mean or what you want so yeah yeah it it, it you know the not necessarily doing what what your neighbour does or what the agronomist recommends, like questioning it and and working it out for yourself whether that's what you what, what the line you want to take. Takes a bit of courage sometimes, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. Yeah, you gotta you got you can ha- you can have some hard. Why didn't you do that? Mm. Yeah, hard conversations. Um, are you the district widow? Uh, <laughs> would you say yeah well, up there i'd reckon I, I don't know i've tried to be pretty quiet about what what go what we're what we're up to because i don't need the the judgment but yeah it'd it over time it would probably bit of muttering and under the breath it's lucky i don't play footy anymore or that'd be there might be a few comments getting around <laughs> just on football uh and on that one it's interesting um uh, you know some of the some of the guys is, that I've worked with, and we had Hannah Minow on our farm. We have played footy over the years, and and um, one of the fellas said um, a couple of years ago that it'd be interesting, you know, 
that there's always sort of questions and jibes and things about the what the crazy stuff we're doing at Hannah Minow there from some of the rugby players, which is understandable. I would have done the same thing too back in the day. And then um, it's interesting because then you know they have a, go to the go to the pub after training or or on a Saturday night and get a few beers into them, and they're going, "Hey, um, hey, mate, tell me a bit about yeah. that." You know, yeah. Sort of like, no, there's a lot of curiosity there, and, and it uh, a bit like questions, and it's and, and you know that that people are interested in what's going on. They just want to probably. See how see how you might go, or or learn from your mistakes or your successes, and then you never know. Maybe they'd give give something, give some more, show some more interest into it. And often it's not the neighbours either, because I, I, there's some sort of I don't know what that is around comparisons, or not that you know, you or I or most people sort of go out to. Um, uh, deliberately compare, um, but I think from a neighbour's point of view, I can kind of understand, you know, that often they're not the ones that are that get that curious. I don't, I don't know. It's often mm. the people on the other side of town that kind of, you know, they're far enough away physically, geographically and mentally that they can sort of go, oh, you know, it's sort of like from a safe distance they can sort of ask those questions. Yeah, yeah, uh, true. Like because I guess everyone's trying to justify the decisions that they make so they've, that on their on within their life and their farm, so that they're going to protect their choice by by being pretty strong uh, in in what they've done. Mm. Um, yeah, but you're you're dead right. Like a bit of geographical distance, you know, makes 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 it more approachable. We looked at some reasonably big paddocks out there this morning, um, Nick, in the, in the on the grazing on this side of the road. Um, tell me what uh, it is western east, isn't it? Have I got that wrong? The, yeah, 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 yeah. On, the, on this western side of the road. Um, what are you, what are you thinking out there? Because I mean, it's, again, there's probably some listeners who you know reasonably broad acre grazing, large scale grazing. You know, what, what are you what are you what would you like to do out there? In from a grazing point of view, yeah. Um, I think what I think um, probably the m- most economic and practical way at the moment will be f- to try and um, might try and source a, an old milk tanker or something and hook up a, a portable trough behind that so that I don't have to run new water everywhere mm. and then uh, try and control graze it with some electric fencing and yeah be able to get the livestock to graze parts of the paddock that they they don't normally go to because it's too far from water and and hold them there for you know a, a period of time to try and get some um, like animal impact from from them grazing there as well as and yeah hopefully that might uh, prompt some more more growth and more diversity and 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 benefit. What do you think? Yeah, what 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 would you be looking for? You know, what, what would be again a, a sort of a, a sign of success if you know you've you've got your, you know, feeling a little better about your grazing grazing out there. What would what would be a good a good thing, good outcome? Yeah, um, like out Walgett areas, like at we've got a lot of um, a hard roly poly, mm. and it t- tends to almost be a monocrop um, sometimes. And I'd like to. If we can, if we can sort of bash that down a bit with hooves, and and then move them on and, and rest it and let it recover, uh, and we if we can get some Mitchell grass coming back again, and like all these you know you know native grasses that preannual grasses that, um, 
yeah, the more desirable ones that we've probably overgrazed out over time. That'd be that'd be kicking goals. Um, talking about kicking goals, you attended a training course early this year. No, was it last year? The RCS. Yeah, yeah, um, September last year. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was that was great too. I it had been on the hit list for a while, and I was just waiting for um, waiting for one to be like a more local one to be run and went down to Dubbo and did that for, did the week school there. and Who took that one? Um, Matt Barton. Yep. And, yeah, he's a, he's a cracker. And, no, nah, that was a, you know, meeting even, and, you you know, it's quite intensive, so you end up and meeting and, and the table we were on, you get to all know each other pretty well and have a few contacts there that are trying to sort of implement the same type things that, you're interested in doing and yeah just yeah break down a few paradigms and grazing for profit yeah was it, was it grazing for profit no grazing and farming for profit if they sort of yeah, yeah yeah both yeah for this area they because a lot of people have mixed operations yeah um yeah no it was it was a good school what was some of the what what, what happened <laughs> well, not every day, but like what? Yeah, what, what um, was the sort of the take us through sort of you know I don't know how that the experience you had? Yeah, um, so you, there's a there's a you you go in and there's a series of modules you work through and a lot of um, a lot of like um, spreadsheets and stuff too as well that you put you actually put your some of your own data in off your own farm and and run a few numbers and and you get the opportunity you know in to to have a look at other people's numbers doing that as well and 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 see you know what might be working and it actually by the end of the week you sort of feel like pretty privileged because you you're hearing quite a bit of private stuff about people's individual operations and um, and what's work, what's working for them, or what they might like to do, or, or what what family issues they might have been having on, on in their um, businesses, and yeah, so it's just just um, yeah, I've actually I'm continuing with their next steps program, where so I've got a, a coach to um, help us to to consolidate what we learn in the um, in the school and try and get better with with all these tools that they sort of give you the access to use. And, um, yeah, that like doing, you know, enterprise analysis and seeing what enterprises are working and what might not be and hopefully we can cut off a bit of any if that or, or recognise if there's a bit of low-hanging fruit to, to, to tidy up. Mm. And why did you do it? What was the impetus there? Um, it just... It was just like another step in the um, the, the 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 road of going this direction. Like um, a lot of good recommendations. A couple of my close friends had done it and recommended it, and they'd even got their wives to do it. And and you know, so everyone's on the same page with the line of thought. And yeah, so just a, yeah, I think it's just a great um, a great bit of exposure that can help you you don't have to you don't have to take everything on board but um yeah to 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 be exposed to it and get the opportunity to see what it's about well for me it was certainly one of the life changing moments or courses that i did I don't know, 2004 might have been 
um, to send me in a different direction. I was sort of already on that path, but it certainly was was um, uh, it was a big turning point, I have to say, and I can't recommend it any you know, more highly. Um, anyone, especially on a larger scale, I often sort of suggest people on a smaller scale and sort of coastal, you know, do do a do an HM um, course with someone like a Brian Wahlberg who's just amazing. So look him up, Inside Outside Management, and then you know, which I haven't done, Brian. I need to do your course. Um, uh, but with the broader scale and the grazing and the large operations, yeah. I sort of tend to yeah, I'd that second way. that because definitely prior to. Uh, doing the RCS, I would be often hearing myself say to, in my head, oh, yeah, that's easy for like a little 100-acre block, but mm. how do we do this on, you know, a bigger scale? And then, um, yeah, after having done the school and seeing that there are, like it's been around for quite a while now too. Yeah. Like, and there are plenty 30, of people. 30 years, I think. Yeah, there are plenty of people that are, you know, made it work and, and having success with with implementing you know their strategies. Um, talking about implementation, I am just looking at the time. I've got to get myself to a bullseye soon. Um, however, I want to ask you: um, what would you what would you say to you know another another version of you or someone else or anyone who's thinking about transitioning? You know. Um, you know, a farmer who, who's um, or a son or a daughter or whatever that's sort of come home or, you know, thinking about about transitioning, you know, any sort of tips um, on what they could do, you know, think about, you know, any sort of paradigms that they might want to sort of consider? Yeah, I think that you need, probably need to, um, yeah, again, that it, back to that why thing, you need to probably, you know, learn as much as you can with an open mind and ju- justify the implementation of what you what you're thinking about doing because if you haven't got that right in your head then it's going to be hard to 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 for, for it to work and to implement it because it's very easy to go back to the to the the sort of um the other way where it's where the like the industrial type mindset um so once you've got if you, if you can justify it to yourself in your head that you think that makes sense and that might work and I can see see why that's the go. Then it'll be easy. It'll, it'll be easier for, and you can you can sort of stand behind what you might want to do, mm. and 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 be confident that you know even if even if you don't get the exact results that you might be expecting, that um, you are going in the right direction. I love the um, the expression. Um, I may not be correct, but I I am never in any doubt. Yeah. It's kind of like you know you do the do the homework, you know, justify it to yourself if that's the right word, and just go, you know what? And I guess there's a bit of courage and faith in there too, isn't there? Yeah, uh, and yeah, aligning it with what what you enjoy. You got to like yeah. what you want to do. Yeah. What do you like about it? Yeah, like all of that. Like just the, you know, well. You're getting, you get, you, you, you've sort of, you've, you've got all your values and, and your why and you're, and you're pushing, if you're pushing in that direction and then you can start to see and you notice things that you wouldn't have noticed in the past. Like you, you know, you just pull a plant out and have a look at its roots and you see that it, you know, there's a bit of fungi growing there and you probably wouldn't, might not have done that in the past. 
and you yeah hopefully that, that you know your your management's having a bit of an influence on on why that's happening anything else what else do you notice like what 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 do you go out in the morning like what did you notice this morning that you probably wouldn't have well yeah i, I love that the uh, over the cooler months that you get that dew and there's no that, that that's rain without it raining <laughs> I've never I hadn't thought of that until recently and yeah you know that's you know the plants having a drink each night and and when when we um in over the summer months if we're if we're sort of keeping some al- plants alive uh on over over the on the farming side of things then you, you you're getting that benefit for six months of the year when you, you wouldn't get it at all um, with sort of the old old way of doing things. So, yeah, I, lo- I love noticing that and, um, yeah, even hearing the, the – the, I just think, and when you've got like those ground covers and stuff, you've just got all these, these birds and hawks and like, yeah, it's all going on. Any um, – any- any uh, what's the word? Not comments or anything you'd like to say to to a younger Nick? You know, like anything. Um, you you know, if you could if you could have a chat, whisper in his ear. <laughs> what anything you'd like to like to tell him? Well, yeah, I guess I'd, I'd I I wonder if um if I didn't have my health scare, what what did what did it look like now? And um, yeah, so I often wonder about that and. Yeah, I don't know. It's because that's happened. It's like, you know, everything kind of happens for the right time at the right reason. So I'm sort of that, you know, I like that sitting with me. So if, if maybe if you're having, you know, a bad trot, then, you know, that, that you take that as an opportunity for you to, to, to learn from it and get stronger from it because it doesn't always go, doesn't always all go your own way. Um, but, you know, you can either feel like you're hard done by or you can take it as an opportunity to to better yourself from it. Mate, um, that's wonderful. How was that? Yeah, I was, I, was a, I was a bit concerned about, um, a bit nervous and everything, but, um, yeah, it has been pretty... <laughs> grab that thing, grab, this, that, grab your little map over there. Holy smoke. We've got a panther and a tiger out there. <laughs> Catfight. <laughs> For those who can't see, the listeners, um, Nick's uh, in preparation for this. You can see it on the video there. Uh, <laughs> as the cats tear each other apart. Um, a bit of a mind map there of your regenerative journey. That's awesome. I think that's that's so, that's so. I mean, yes, prep for this, but, you know, in terms of just sit, sort of sitting there and doing a bit of a brain dump, yeah? Was that useful, useful exercise? Yeah, oh, well, it was just when you sort of said, oh, I'd like to interview Nick, I just, I, I, I didn't want to come across as... Um, I wanted to come across as, you know, tell a, have a have a good chat about it, and and I wanted to justify to myself that I have had a regenerative journey, and I just mm. did a did a brain dump to put down on on a piece of cardboard so I could see the, the the path for myself. That even though I know it, but sometimes when you write things out like that, it sort of is pretty clear that there has been a lot of change and a lot of a lot's happened in the last ten years. And that's a, I mean, that's the reason I did ask you because, and you questioned that understandably. And I said, mate, you know, you've got a wonderful story to tell. I knew somewhat 
you know, some bits of it. And um, it's been a real honour to sit here with you at Wilga Park and for you to, to share that with the world. And, um, mate, thank you very much for, um, for, for the time. Yeah, same to you, Charlie. Thank you. You, you, you. Like what you're putting out with your podcast is it's been amazing for me, especially going through like transitioning. I'd, you know, you might be a bit doubtful sometimes and then I'd just hear you talk to someone and I was like, Nah, I'm on the right track. I just got to, you know, stick with it and, you know, keep at it. So, yeah, thank you for, for that too. And um, it's empowering. I'm sure it's impacting and empowering a lot of people. Um, I hope so. And I, I, I get that sense. We get really good feedback about it, and which is really uh, is wonderful to hear. And it certainly keeps us going. Not that we want to stop doing it, but it's just it's just nice to get those little little um, little prompts on the way. Um, talking about prompts, um, I'm gonna we're gonna wrap this interview up, Nick, and then I've got some um, rapid fire questions I'm gonna ask you as a separate thing. So for those who are our Patreon members or you want to sign up to our Patreon um, platform um, at the kitchen table, um, I hope I've got that right, Reese. Around because we've just made we're just sort of getting that um, underway. Um, around the kitchen table or at the kitchen table. I should have really done my homework. But anyway, that's our new little platform. Um, we're going to hit Nick up with a few rapid-fire questions, which is the first you're – the, you're the first victim. I haven't quite even got all the questions worked out. Well, I've got them worked out now, but there may not be the final list, but you're going to be the first one. The guinea pig. The guinea pig. So um, for, if anyone's interested to hear what Nick has to say about these kind of things, and the one I usually put at the back of the, um, the uh, interview, uh, which is, you know, uh, I'm, I'm giving you some time to think about it, so a bit of a giveaway is if you had a billboard on the side of the highway, what would you say? But don't tell me now because you have to be – you'll have to just have to sign up to Patreon too, which will be on our website and all over the place to find out what Nick would like to put on a billboard plus a few other probing questions. Nick, um, let's wrap it up. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your time and, um, yeah, can't wait for this, this one to hit the airways. Yeah, cheers, Charlie. Thank you. On next week's episode of The Regenerative Journey, I'll be speaking with Andy Carbone. He's the current general manager of the farm at Byron Bay. He grew up on a farm, um, went away, um, went acting for for some time, uh, which was interesting in itself and the lessons, the life lessons he learnt in that process um, and finds himself back firmly in nature on a farm. Um, Looking forward to releasing this episode with Andy Carbone next week on The Regenerative Journey. This podcast is produced by Rhys Jones at Jaeger Media. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe, share, rate and review. For more episode information, please head over to www.charliearnett.com.au.